Yeah, so basically it was just, it, it just felt like you guys have kind of just been on call, just waiting around and, you know, waiting for the call to go in and help. And, you know, it's like, it's funny because now here we are a week later and, you know, they still haven't called you. And it's, it's like you were, I felt like the energy was so quick. Like everybody was so quick, head down, get there, get the job done. And then even on that, those first two days, I was like, okay, they can call at any minute. And, you know, you're just waiting for it. And, and now at this point, I just feel like everybody's kind of just like completely checked out. Welcome back to the Gap Travel Podcast. We are your hosts, Kim and Aaron. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about week one of myself covering the strike. This is kind of a very weird podcast because we've had some technical difficulties with connection because I am in Chicago and Kim is in St. Louis and we are doing this over the phone with the phone strapped to my speaker of my computer trying to record this, but we are going to roll with it. Yeah, to say that we're having technical difficulties, it's like humorous. We tried Zoom, we tried Skype, nothing was really working for whatever reason. And now, yeah, Aaron is holding up the cell phone to his computer and we're fingers crossed hoping for the best at yeah. this point. Yeah, it's definitely the best that we can do. Um, but we did want to get on here. We did want to report uh, for week one because it has been very interesting um, honestly, if you guys have been following our Instagram story, where we tell you guys all the time to do, um, at Kim and Aaron G. At Kim and Aaron G on Instagram, um, we've actually moved it to Facebook as well, um, and I've just been keeping updates nonstop, which is big for me because Kim is usually our social media CEO. Um, so this has been a big step for me. But if you've been watching that, you kind of know where this is going. I have to say, just like a shout out to you too. I was like, I'm actually really impressed because I am usually always the one doing all the Instagram stories and I've actually been following along, you know, with our own Instagram to stay in the loop and see what's happening with you guys every day. I'm like, okay, like what's the new update? Like what's going on? And then like, you're getting all fancy with like the little gifts you're adding. (laughs) I don't know. Like, who is this guy? I learned from the best, babe. I know. I taught you well. I have to say, just throwing it out there, that I feel it feels weird doing this podcast not looking at you. And I feel like I'm just talking on the phone to you, but we're actually recording a podcast. So I feel a little bit weird. It could actually be one of the best podcasts we've ever done because some of our phone conversations are really interesting. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> I'm doing my best here. But anyway, so week one, man, where do we even begin? I know. It's been such a whirlwind, and it's so crazy. I was actually driving home from work today. It's Monday when we're recording this, and I was like, wow, like this time last week, it's been a week, seven days, you were leaving. Like I was dropping you off at the airport, and you were heading to Chicago to work a strike. We had no idea what what that was going to be like we we thought I mean because we recorded last week's podcast with kind of just what what was going on in the last 48 hours and how quickly it all happened and now you're actually on the ground you've been there for a week we thought you were going to be jumping in working right away like the next day it was sat you had to get there and here we are a week later and you're still sitting in your hotel room yeah which is definitely what we'll we'll dive into but um i was gonna say i I keep saying week one but honestly it feels like month one yeah well and the fact that it's it's a week later i've gone to chicago to visit (laughs) this weekend i flew up on thursday to come visit you and my sister and some of the other people other travelers there and I actually just got back last night. I know. Like, how is this a week? I, I know. I don't understand. Like, why are you in Chicago? And you already started your week of work. Yeah, and I'm currently on call right now. Like, I've had a, a full day of work. I'm on call. Like, I don't know. It, it Honestly, this has all felt very just kind of wild. Yeah. No, it has. It has. I mean, even Monday, you know, like you said, coming in the expectations of only like 
having my own thoughts of what this could be or what this is going to look like or what hours am I going to work? I mean, all the anticipation um, and then to just get here and it just be like literally sitting in the Bering Sea in a canoe without any paddles and just kind of floating and like going over the waves and seeing like, you know, am I getting off on land anytime soon or, or what? But um, that's kind of how it all has been so far. So let's just kind of, um, I'll let you just kind of walk through what it's been like since you've got there. So, and I'll just preface that again, if you go back and listen to last week's podcast, the intention or what the thought system was originally was that Aaron was going to fly. He left for Chicago last Monday. He was going to get there on Monday and essentially go to orientation right away and start working the strike right away. And it was balls to the wall, go, go, go get your shit done, get on a plane, and let's do the damn thing. So that's what we, that was what we, our thought system and mindset was going into this. So let's fast forward a week later, and why don't you just kind of walk us through what it's actually been like on the, on the ground there. Yeah, so I arrived in Chicago at about like 4.30, um, got to the hotel, and they said, go put your luggage down in your room and immediately check into the command center. Now, for anybody working... Um, who's working the strike, uh, I don't know if all strikes are like this, but they have basically a third party. And this party is is the command center. So they're talking to the hospital's HR department, and they are making sure that we are all somewhat put together to show up for work. Um, I have learned that during audits, uh, hospitals get audited um, to make sure that everybody is, you know, they're not just allowing Joe Blow off the street to start doing x-rays. Um, so it's kind of like they make sure credentialing is, is set up to the best of the, of their ability. So I checked in with them. I signed in, I told them I was here. I was reporting for duty. Um, they had me fill out a form and I filled out one form and they said, okay, you're good. And I was like, well, what do you mean? I'm good. Like they said, well, we'll let you know, um, when you'll be showing up to orientation and we'll let you know either via a call or a text or an email. So I was like, okay, well, I guess my job's done here. Um, and they said, check in with us tomorrow at the command center. So that was it for the day. Um, and then Kim's sister came in and I met her and we did the same thing with her. And we had dinner and basically went to bed that night thinking the next morning we were going to get up and go to orientation. And so the next morning I checked in and I guess the hospital had said, that they want more things done for credentialing. So they were like, you guys need to go and get a drug test, flu shot. If you haven't had your TB, you need to get that done. Um, and so Liz and I, Kim's sister, wanted to beat the rush of all the people that didn't have that. So we headed out immediately to get that done. Um, and so we got all of that done, got it all set up. Um, it was a little chaotic of trying to figure out, like, who do I fax it to? And where does this stuff go? And I had to self-pay and I'm getting, you know, reimbursed for it. Um, and then, you know, emails were coming out that were saying you didn't need it done, but then you did need it done. And so it was just, it was chaotic for those next couple of days. Um, and it was all about just uh, get these things done and then wait for a call, get these things done, wait for a call. And they would say like, we could call you at three in the morning. We could call you at two in the morning. Uh, we don't know when the email is coming through. We don't know when you need to report. So just refresh your emails and keep checking. And so it left a lot of people feeling like, when do I actually just go to sleep and not wake up every couple hours and, and you know, refresh my phone? Yeah. Um, were you pausing? Yeah, I was, I was pausing for you. Okay. I was throwing the, I was throwing the ball back. I was just letting you go. I'm like, there, I feel like there's just so much to kind of tackle, but... Yeah, so basically it was just, it, it just felt like you guys have kind of just been on call, just waiting around and, you know, waiting for the call to go in and help. And, you know, it's like, it's funny because now here we are a week later and, you know, they still haven't called you. And it, it's like you were, so, I felt like the energy was so quick. Like everybody was so quick, head down, get there, get the job done. And then even on that, those first two days, I was like, okay, they can call at any minute. And, you know, you're just waiting for it. And, and now at this point, I just feel like everybody's kind of just like completely checked out, you know, like it's like you were in this like work 
mode and now it's kind of like you're just been sitting in your hotel room for a week um and so it's just kind of it's just a completely different vibe and the other thing is that you know Chicago right now like everything's closed down you can't really go out and about and so basically everybody's there not working from what I understand most people majority of people haven't actually started working yet and everyone's just hanging out in their hotel rooms basically yeah and and the crazy thing about it too is you know we don't know anything that's going on at the hospital so we're literally in the parking lot of the hospital that we're going to be covering the strike in. So the hotel that we're staying in is the first ever Cook County Hospital. And so the actual new hospital is right behind us in the parking lot. So I keep looking out my window for people picketing or just trying to get some information. But even the third party that's handling the, the strike, communicating to the hospital doesn't really know what's going on because they're talking to HR and so, um, you know, and the CEO of the hospital and then, you know, they basically have to direct their calls through the union, the union rep leader. Um, and so they're not getting a lot of information. So basically as it stands, we're seeing that, um, the staff is, is doing what they call the blue flu, which I learned here. Um, they're just calling into work and not actually going on strike. And so they technically they are saying they can't bring in the strike staff because they haven't officially gone on strike. But then they were saying that they could possibly have us go in to cover the call-ins. Um, so there's just been a lot of information going back and forth. But all in all, we have not stepped foot in the hospital. Well, and you know, from what everyone has said, like this is really unprecedented because of most with most strikes you get there and then you start work within 24 hours and you kind of just get into the groove with this. Again, everyone's just kind of at a stalemate and just waiting. And the, the department actually hasn't even gone on strike yet. Like Aaron was saying, they're just calling out. And so now it's like, okay, are they actually going to strike? Are they going to reach a deal? Or am I going to get called in to cover a shift with while possibly working with other uh, people you know, going people on strike who work there like side by side like the whole thing is just it's just insane but I do want to say that you know everybody you haven't worked yet everyone's hanging out in their hotel but everybody's getting paid for their contract which it's honestly the easiest money that you've probably ever made because you guys are just hanging out in a hotel in Chicago you haven't gone to work yet and here's the thing like you may not you may not even have to go in. If they don't officially like go on strike, you guys might not even have to go in at all, but still get paid for your contract, which is like amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what I keep holding to, which is like fan fantastic. Um, you know, you, you do come here with the mindset of like, I came here to help. I came here with a purpose. Um, and so a little bit of me wants to get in there and get my hands dirty, but then the majority of me says, I'll, I'll take this. Like, I'm here, I'm ready to show up, but I'm really enjoying myself and not having to go to work. I know. It's like, I mean, if I could just, I'm like actually so jealous because I'm like, you're there like with my sister and like other people, like basically hanging out in a hotel room and making a shit ton of money. Like, and I'm off like schlepping it to work taking call for like peanuts, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. like, what? How did I get like, the short end of the stick? But I will say like, you know, I went and visited this weekend and it was, it was fun um, just to obviously you and my sister, but like to connect with other travelers who were also there who were going to be uh, essentially quote unquote working the strike. And, you know, it kind of made me feel even more FOMO because there is something about just like being like, if you guys did go to work, it's like being in the trenches together and like going through that experience. And what is that like? And you know, it's going to be chaotic and crazy and everyone's just figuring it out, but it's like, everybody is in it together. You know, yeah. like, we got this. Like if we, if we get the call, we got this, you know, and it was, I don't know. There's, there's also an excitement to actually going in to do the job. You know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And it was really cool because um, Laura from Nomadicare, who we always talk about, um, she staffed a lot of this with teaming up with another company. 
um, to be the employee of record. And so basically the majority of the people that are working the radiology side, because there is other departments other than radiology that are here covering, there's like uh, sterile processing and surgical techs and um, like dialysis techs and front off, like uh, storefront clerks and, and all sorts of, of people that are striking. But the heavy numbers are in radiology and that was really cool to have Laura do that, which she did a fantastic job. Um, just everybody represented uh, from Nomadic Care and, and Sojourn um, have just been so awesome. And just literally getting to meet them in real life and knowing that we've yeah. only been like in Facebook groups together. Um, but just being able to be in person and, and meet them and just know that we have such a solid group uh, really did make it kind of exciting, like you said, to get into the trenches with that with that group of people. Yeah. And, you know, saying that, just talking briefly about, you know, our thoughts on strikes, because this is all new to us. We've never worked a strike. You know, this is pretty common in, like, the nursing world. Um and this is new to us. We've never been a part of it. We didn't really know a lot about it. And a lot of radiology departments, you know, aren't union. So, you know, we've been learning a lot about it. And here's the thing, you know, it's, it's an interesting position to be in because we obviously support, you know, our fellow healthcare workers. And we want people to be heard and we want people to have their needs met. We want people to work in, you know, fair like conditions, kind, supportive uh, conditions and environments. You know, and so they're striking for their own reasons that they don't feel like they're getting what they need. And so it's tough because you want to support them, but then you're also kind of coming in on the back end of like they're leaving trying to prove a point. And now you're coming in to work for them essentially so the hospital isn't feeling the burn as much as far as people being in the department doing the work. No, yeah. I know. I've done a I've done a lot of thinking about this on where I stand because it is interesting because there isn't a shadow of a doubt who I support as an individual. If I was on the outside of this looking in, I would be like, dude, those hospital workers need to get what they need to get because, you know, according to a lot of the public documents, um they're fighting for um, you know, f increased pay because of what they've been dealing with COVID and, you know, PPE and shifts and supports and staff. And um, they've tried to have negotiations for, I think, like three or four months now. And um, they weren't getting any headway. They were also being threatened um, if they did strike and things like that. And that's, just, that's public record. So I'm not speculating that. Um, that was on a web page that I read. Um, and so I support them 100%, but yet technically I'm here filling in. But the way that I look at it is it's a hospital. Like if my family members lived in Chicago and they were in this hospital, I would want to know, yeah, like if they're striking, okay, that's, that sucks. I hope they get what they, what they, you know, a fair deal. But I also want to know that my family members are being cared for without an interruption in their care. And so, I mean, it might sound naive or whatever, or what, whatever, how you want to take it. But my personal feeling is like, I'm here for the patients and the, the money is nice. I'm not going to lie. So yeah. the money, I, I like well, making, I like making a really good amount of money doing the work that I do best. Well, right. I mean, yes, the money is very intriguing. That's why people go out and work strikes, you know, like, let's be honest, like you're getting paid to be there and essentially work in chaos, be on call, work crazy hours, like and to fill in in a very, you know, unpredictable environment. Like that's what you get paid the big bucks for. You know, I'm like, let's just be real. Like, yes, you're in a hospital and yes, they're walking out to make a point, but there's still patients that have to be seen. Like you can't shut down an entire radiology department, like in a massive county hospital or in any hospital like it's just not going to work so it's just part of it there has to be people that come in to help out and um and here we are but it's just an interesting kind of thought because we had the conversation about it of like are we actually not supporting other healthcare workers by going and working a strike and, and yeah I think you can I think there's a lot of different opinions about this yeah, no, I mean, yeah, and I'm not saying that mine is completely right, but it is, 
I, I have, like I said at the beginning of us talking about this, that I've thought about it and, and kind of where I stand and, and moving forward because this is my first strike. And, you know, literally learning about this on Saturday, hopping on a plane on Monday, um, didn't really have a lot of time to think about that. But now that I've been sitting here, I've just kind of, you know, utilized this time among many thoughts that I've had uh, since sitting here. Um, just kind of where I sit on that. And so, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I do hope that they get a fair deal and I hope that they come to a resolution really quick. Cause then that's, that's, I get to go home. And that's my, my prayer is that they, everyone comes to a resolution. Everybody walks away feeling supported and that it happens very quickly and that I'll come home from work one night and Aaron will be home surprising me like laying naked under the christmas tree with a ribbon <laughs> on like those are my dreams with a santa hat with a santa hat on <laughs> preferably like tomorrow afternoon that's like my my prayer is that they'll just call this whole thing off and you guys will be able to come home i mean you guys are literally sitting in a hotel room and they're they're paying millions of dollars it's like let's come to a resolution and move on this is crazy yeah to me no, yeah. I know. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's funny too because we kind of got ahead of ourselves a little bit. But you know, when I got here during the week, um, we do have a connection because Laura is a really good friend of ours, and she's been working like crazy hours. Um, I mean, she's designed portals. She just did such a really good job. I can't, I can't sing her praises enough right now, um, just because I've seen all the work that she's put into this. Um, but she's also like, hey, we have some ultrasound spots available. Are you sure Kim doesn't want to work? <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. Like, it, this, you, this has been such a whirlwind for us. I mean, if you listen to the last episode, then, you know, I was like really conflicted because I obviously really wanted to go, not only because the opportunity to make that kind of money with both of us being there, right? Like, that would have been that would have been a game changer for us and for our future plans to be able to go and make that kind of money together. And also, you know, obviously just to be there with, with you and my sister and be part of the entire experience. Like so going back and forth and back and forth and I only had a couple of weeks left of this contract and then I was taking a week off and then I was extending, but this contract was done. And so I just kept, I'm like, oh my gosh, is there any way that I can make this happen? I really want to go. And so I kind of just put it, you know, we decided, you know, it's not going to work. You just go. And at least one of us gets the benefits, benefits, benefit from it. And I can just hold on the fort here. And I kind of put a pin in it. And I felt, you know, relaxed about it, more peaceful. And then I get that, that call of like, are you sure you don't want to go? Like, is there any way that you can go? And it kind of just like triggered me all over again of like, is there a way like, and I think the biggest thing was that I hadn't just come out and asked. No, you foo-fooed it. Go ahead. No, I just said you, you foo-fooed around it. Like you just right. like, you did little like giggly, like hee hee hee. Like, can I go? Like, right. And I think that's where I was like, you know what, like, right, I kind of hinted, but I didn't actually just straight up put on my big girl panties and just ask the question. And that's what I kept getting in my head about is like, if I don't just ask, I will kick myself and wonder what if, what if I just did it? And they said, yes, we can make this work. And, um, and I would have been able to go. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to bite the bullet. I'm going to have a conversation now. And again, now at this point, everybody's very aware of the strike. I had talked to them about it. They knew Aaron was there. So it wasn't just like a completely unknown conversation. And so I said, you know what? Like, all I can do is ask. And so I'm going to go for it. And I, oh my God, I was so nervous because I didn't, I don't even know why I was that nervous. Actually, I just, I didn't want to, I wanted them to know that, listen, if this is something that I can do, I would really love the opportunity to, but I also want you to know that my commitment is to you guys and I'm here to support you guys and I'm not trying to like mess any of that up or like burn bridges or walk away and be like, F you, I'm out of here, you know? Yeah. Um, I just wanted to explore what my possibilities were. 
No, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, just like also saying, you know, just kind of, if you want to speak to it, but you were just like, you laid the groundwork. Like if this affects the department that I'm working in, I'm not doing it. If it doesn't affect the department, but it affects my recruiter, I'm not doing it. Um, So it all kind of had to line up, but you know, you had to have those tough conversations, which you just spoke on the phone before we went live. And you were saying, you know, you really grew from those as well. Yeah, 100%. And it's like, you know, first, it's like, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go through the line. So I asked Mason, who is my recruiter for this contract. And, you know, he said, if it's okay with the hospital, it's okay with us. Like, we're not going to make a big sink about it. We're not going to, you know, uh, there's not going to be penalties or it's not going to look bad. Like, as long as they're okay with it. And I was like, okay, well, there's my green light. So if I can get the hospital on board, then then I should be able to to, to go for it. And so um, I reached out to them. And, and here's the thing, too. It's like I knew that they would have been fine without me. You know, it's like we have enough people. I feel like they could have made it work. Like, you know, it's not like we're really short-staffed and it would have been like this crazy situation. Like, we, they could have made it work. So anyway, long story short, I reached out, I spoke with my manager, and um, I spoke with one of the girls that I work with, too, and it just kind of came to the, like, the, what am I trying to say here? Like, basically, it came down to, like, it wasn't going to work out. Um, I think it would have put a lot of stress on the department with changing the schedule around, and then also my manager said that there would have been an issue with them being penalized for me leaving my contract early, even though I wasn't leaving a contract early. And that didn't really seem to be the case when I spoke to my company, but it was just kind of like, they didn't want me to go. Right. Whatever reason they were using, they didn't want me to go. It was, it was going to, it wasn't going to make them happy. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. I was saying, you know, because it sounded, there was a little bit of confusion, but that's where we didn't want to beat a dead horse because you know, they were like, Kim was just trying to go up until that week off that she had. And she would come back because the this strike contract would have ended December 20th. Kim doesn't start back her extension until December 27th. So right. it was like, you weren't be canceling your contract. You were just trying to take two weeks off. But they were basically saying they would have canceled you completely, which I think was more of a power play to say, we don't want you to go. Which is the line that we drew in the sand that said, if that happens, then your integrity is more important. Right. And it was like, okay, I got my answer. Whatever the reason is, it wasn't something that they wanted. And, and it was like, okay, you know what? Now I can really just like relax because I had the tough conversation. I put it out there. I was very clear what I wanted, what my intentions were and, you know, kind of where I stood with it. And it didn't turn in my favor, but it was like, that was all I could do. So I feel like I got the clarity that I needed to say, all right, I'm going to put this to bed because my other option was that I could easily just be like, F you, I'm leaving and break my contract because unfortunately a lot of travelers do that for a lot less. Um, but I never want to be one of those travelers because my integrity is important to me and my commitments are important to me. And and I was talking to Aaron and I'm like, how can I teach, you know, we teach our, our traveler school students and just in our community, we're really big about, you know, honoring your word and, and living with integrity and making decisions from, you know, an honest, um, just a place of, of integrity. And how can I teach about that? And then like do the complete opposite when I have a tough decision on my hands and I'm looking at the dollar bills and I'm weighing it out. It's easy to just be like, screw it. I'm going to do what's right for me. Like as everything else I believe in, it can be very easy to do that. But I really had to take a look at all of that and make the decision that felt good in my heart, a decision that I wouldn't feel guilty about. And that felt good to me. Um, and also what I would tell another traveler, if they were reaching out to me for advice, what would I tell them? And I wouldn't, I would never advise someone to be like, F you, I'm out of here and burn all the bridges just to make a buck. I wouldn't. Well, Why would I do that? You know. And I think that's a really good point, but I, I don't want it to sound so cut and dry either because we also do believe that you do have to do what's best for you. And if you feel that that was best in your situation for your family like moving forward, there is a very weird line there. 
but basically you and I did the math that is this contract worth completely losing the contract you have currently and your integrity. So if, if the money was like through the roof and you only had two more weeks to go, it could have been a different situation, but because you're extending this, you know, strike contract, when you take all of the expenses that comes with it, you take the taxes, you put all that into the pot, uh, we would have lost money in the grand scheme of things if Kim would have ended her contract and not done her extension. Right, 100%. And, you know, I'm all about, like, you know, energy and what we put out there, we receive, and, and all of that. Everything has, like, vibes and energy, and I felt like if I would have just been like, F you, I'm leaving, and I'm going to go do me and whatever you guys can figure it out, I felt like that money that I would have made would have been tarnished and it would have had like negative vibes and I just didn't want anything to do with that. So yeah, like I think it's everybody has to make their own decisions on what feels best for them and their family. And that's why I kept going back and forth. It wasn't just like, I was like, Nope, I'm not going to do it. I considered it. I thought very hard about it. I cried about it. I was so uncertain. I kept going back and forth. It was a hard decision to make. And I did contemplate maybe leaving this contract. I did. But at the end of the day, when I really weighed it out, it wasn't the right step for me because I know moving forward, I would have felt really shitty. And this was like a short-term gain for a long-term effect of feeling shitty about a poor decision that I made um, to make some money, yeah. essentially. You know yeah. what I mean? No, so, I, I do. I do. But I think I it was it was really cool, though, that your work gave you two days off to come visit, though. Well, so that was the awesome thing is like, yeah, I didn't get to, obviously I'm not there, but they gave me, yeah, Thursday and Friday off and I was already off the weekend. So I got to just come out and have a fun weekend and really get to just enjoy the time. And then today was actually my first day back. And this is like the first day I was going to see everybody, you know, after all of this, right? Because it was a little bit crazy because they're like, uh, okay, like, I don't know, like, let me see if I can figure this out. Like, it kind of, like, took everybody off guard, you know, in a way. <laughs> and so I was like, I don't know, you know, what the vibe's going to be, but it was totally fine, you know. It, it, like, it is what it is, and I think that was another thing I had to get over and something you've been helping me with, Aaron, is, like, just letting go of what people think. It's like, I did what I thought was best. I asked a question. I didn't do, I actually didn't do anything wrong. I was very like straightforward with the fact that it, it was going to upset the department that I wouldn't move forward and I would let it go, but I had to ask. So it's like, I didn't do anything wrong. So who freaking cares if people think a certain way or might be annoyed with me or might not understand or agree with what I did by asking, you know, it's like, who freaking cares? Like at the end of the day, you know, no, absolutely. You do what's right for you. Well, right. And I think that whole thing was right for me. Right. In that I, moment. I think that whole thing of just like, when you start feeling guilty and you know, those feelings come up, it's because there's something underlying in there that you are doing something wrong. So that's where I really wanted you to get, you know, down to the nitty gritty, because if you were doing in your heart, what you felt was right, and you've evaluated all the things that you did evaluate, if they're mad at you, that's their own stuff, you know? Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And, and I, I'm glad today's over and it was perfectly fine. And I have a little countdown that I do every day where I'm counting down the days until I was, well, originally it was until my contract was over but because I extended, it's now the countdown is until I get my week off that I took for Christmas before I start my extension. And so today it went to single digits for the first time, which is really cool. Until nine more days left of work. And then hopefully you'll be home a couple of days later and we'll get our life back to normal again. That's the plan. I mean, we have what, two we're offset by two days because, well, we don't know when this is going to actually end. Right, but if you came home on the 20th, which is the end of your contract, then essentially, yeah, we'd have like 12 days or something. Yeah, wow. So That still seems long, well, doesn't it? I know, it's crazy. And that's the other thing, too, with all of this is like we're both like finding, you know, our own ways of it. And, you know, for me, it triggered a lot of insecurities and a lot of, 
you know, jealousy and things that I've had our entire relationship or my entire life, but I've done a lot of work on it and there's not a whole lot of reasons in life for those to come up anymore. And so this kind of triggered all of that. And I was like, okay, I'm alone and here's an opportunity to continue to heal and to work on, you know, these insecurities I have and to be healthier and stronger because of it. So it ended up being a really good thing. And, you know, for us to kind of have some separation and to get into our own flow, you know, and, and um, to focus on ourselves for these, you know, couple of weeks and then be excited for when we get reunited and get to get back into our life again, you know? Well, 100%. I think, you know, it was really cool what you said, though, because um, I'd never looked at it like this. Uh, you were saying on the phone earlier, but that if you would have just joined the strike and came, those things would have never come up and you would have mm-hmm. just kept going through life, never really you know, touching on those things and and they came up big for you and you were able to, you know, have those three or four days to, you know, work through those and and just continually know that they were still there and they still needed a little work. Yeah, 100%. Like that's, you know, like like a side note, but that's one of our big like mottos in life is like, I truly believe everything happens for us and everything is an opportunity to learn and grow and heal and and just be better and better and better and so you know at first it was like really hard and I felt really yucky but it was like okay wow like I see you like you're still there like and if I would have went with you it wouldn't have happened and now I had a chance to be like okay cool like it basically reared its ugly head and it's been a long time and like let's work on this and let's come out on the other side and um our relationship and just for myself and my own freedom and my own happiness and my own sense of peace is just going to be so much stronger and happier and more resilient on the other side of this. And I really needed it. And I didn't even know I did until it happened. So it's really been a blessing um, in a lot of different ways. And yeah, I'm excited to kind of just have this time alone and dig into some stuff and kind of do my own personal work right now. Yeah, it's actually beautiful to hear because I can tell you just from my side of things, it's nice hearing you talk like this um, compared to, you know, that first week was was pretty rough. Oh, the crying and screaming, was it doing it for you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I was a mess. And, you know, it's like, and oh, in my defense too, I was getting my period. I was super emotional, which I, I always am around that time. And I'm just like, you know, we had gone and got our Christmas tree and decorated and like, we're so excited for the holidays and put some presents under the tree, which we never really do presents. And I'm just sitting here, like turning on the lights, looking at the tree, like crying, like hysterical, like holding Mimi LaRue, just like cool, like Christmas alone, <laughs> you know, like I was so dramatic. It's like one of those things when you feel sad, you just try to think of every reason to be even more sad, you know? Well, yeah, and that that really got me because I was just like, you know, I'm, you know, posting on Instagram and you're watching and it was just, it was definitely something that we had to, we had to, we had to get through because I'm like, God, like, I want to do this for myself because, you know, that was something that we set up where you were like, you know, you should keep up on Instagram and you should like tell the story as you're doing it. And I felt really nervous around doing that, but I wanted to do a good job. And in the back of my head, I'm also like, this is really like you know, you're not in a good place with this right now. Um, and it just felt really weird doing Instagram stories at like Starbucks and Wrigley Field and all these different places when you were just sitting by the Christmas tree hysterical. Well, right. Yeah. Cause like in normal life, like that wouldn't, I wouldn't, that wouldn't bother me at all. Like, but it was, yeah, it was like we, you know, had gotten into a tip and I was feeling really upset and yeah. And then to see like you're out and about and having all the fun, it was like, yeah, it was hard, but it was good because a lot of good, a lot of good conversation, a lot of good stuff came from that. Um, and now we get to move on into a better place. Yeah. So, well, and yeah, it also it also I doesn't do a whole podcast just on that because it's like a lot of like deep stuff, you know. Well, and plus it was big because you're very, 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 very close with your sister, and you don't get to see her all the time. And so there was that emotional thing of like, I'm there when you would rather be there, like really, you know, getting to just enjoy the time with your sister in this weird time that we didn't even think was possible. So that, that added to it as well. Um, yeah, that was like, that was the kicker. Like that was the big, biggest sugar is because yeah, if you were gone, of course it would be hard. 
Um, but I also don't mind being alone, but, you know, I can get into an, my own flow with things, but it was the fact that, yes, my sister is like my best friend in the world. I don't even get to see her very often. So to know that you guys, my two favorite people in the world were together in Chicago, having fun and playing and not working and running around. Like I was like, I had total FOMO. I felt <laughs> left out and I was like, I want to be there and I can't like, I'm stuck here working my ass off. I'm so busy. I'm tired. I'm emotional. Like, you know, I just, I felt left out and I just wanted to be there with them hanging out. And I wanted to be hanging out with my sister. And so, yeah, it was, it was like that just added like that. Yeah. That was the kicker that added fuel to the fire for sure. Well, I think it was so um, cool though, when you did come out, the fact that like we weren't working, um, you got to spend some quality time with your sister. I mean, you were, yeah. you and, her and I are like next door neighbors. So you would just wake up and go over there and have coffee with her. Um, and then we got to meet up with the eight other travelers, um, and go out to dinner and we went to a light show and you got to be a part of that, which I, it was so cool that you got to do that and at least get some of the buzz from, from the Chicago experience. Oh my, yeah, it was the perfect weekend. It was so fun. And you know, my sister has three kids and a husband and so when I do see her like there's usually a lot going on we don't get a whole lot of alone time these days because you know we travel and when we're home we're home seeing everybody and so it was like wow I actually get to just sit and have coffee and talk with her for a couple of hours and nobody's interrupting how fun is this like yeah. you know so yeah it was it was so nice and yeah, just to see everybody, but it was funny because, you know, I left on Sunday and everybody thought the, the strike was going to happen on Monday and everyone was going to be going to work on Monday. Today. So I was like, yeah, today. Right. Exactly. Today. I just got home yesterday. That's so weird. Um, but I was like, okay, this is perfect because I'm leaving. Nobody else is allowed to have any fun. You guys are going to work your ass off <laughs> and then go home and go to the hotel room and go to bed. And then like, and then there's no strikes, so it's the same shit. Yeah, no, it's been week. it's been funny because, like I said, for everybody that's been watching on the Instagram story, today was kind of a breakthrough. I literally got on the story to give a report and sat on the couch and said, I, I can't keep doing updates from the couch when there's no updates. Right. <laughs> so, but it's been cool because um, we found out from other travelers that uh, – within the room block within the like the company that we're like reporting to blocked off rooms for the travelers that are working here um and some of those travelers got kitchenettes and when we first moved in we just had normal hotel rooms so we went down and asked if we could be moved um into like a room with a kitchen and this literally feels like an apartment and it kind of changed the game because we were spending I was spending like $60 almost a day in food and having to go downstairs and buy food and then DoorDash because there's no restaurants that you can go into. Um, well, we found out there was a couple um, in the city that were kind of open, but um, we were having to DoorDash everything because there's no restaurants you know, around this hotel. Um, and it was just costing so much money. And so just going to the grocery store and grabbing some groceries just really made me feel settled in for this week. And I feel like I can ride this out in the way that I want to now. Yeah. Yeah. Your place is so like cozy. It feels like a little studio apartment and you're like getting into a workout routine and you have food and yeah. So if like you can kind of start to get into a routine a little bit instead of, yeah, just being like, like vacation so mode. Out of your normal routine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that's pretty yeah, much. That's, the, that's pretty much that's the gist of it. I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of back and forth. You know, hearing one thing, hearing another thing, hearing another thing. The up and down of the mental kind of game that you're playing, feeling like you're always on call. Um, I think all of us healthcare workers can kind of understand. Uh, that feeling, um, you know, I don't really have to go into depth with it, just the feeling of being on call at all times. But then when you get called in, you're going into a situation that you have no clue about. So um, that's been the mental angst that's been there. But other than that, this has been a great experience so far. Yeah, I think the mindset's a huge 
piece, and I know you talk a lot about it on the Instagram story, and I think it's just really helpful to other people because it is. It's kind of like, you know, you're waiting around, and you're unsure of what's happening, and, you know, I think especially for people who are, like, planners and, like, kind of know what's up, it's like you really have to surrender over and be like, okay, like, they're paying me to just be here and to be on call and to wait for further instruction, and, like, that's my job right now. So learning how to find you know, to be able to relax in that and just know that you can be called to start at any moment. And that's what you signed up for, you know? Yeah, no. And it's funny too, because I think just my overall perception is everybody in their own lives are always so busy, 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 go, 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 surrounded by family, all these things. But like, at this point, we literally don't have too much around us. All the restaurants are closed. We're in an unknown place. There's a possibility of working at any moment. So you're really just gifted with a lot of time. And it's a lot of time that most people have never had. And so mm-hmm. all of a sudden those thoughts can start creeping up. And, you know, the fears can start coming up. And you can just start going down that that rabbit hole of, you know, what if this happens? Or what if I work with this person? Or what if we don't get paid? And what if all this stuff comes up? And like that's where I've just been trying to stop those in their tracks, like allow them to come up, you know, see them, feel them and be like, okay, no, like I'm not letting that take over this experience because I've done everything that I can do. I've gotten all my stuff in. I've uploaded it to my website. I'm ready to go because Kim's like, have you even been checking in at the control room? And I'm like, no, there's no point right now because the next step is for me to wait for an email from my company with my reporting times and my director to report to. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I was having a conversation with my sister earlier cause she, you know, she's a mom of three and go, go, go. And she's like, I'm not used to having this kind of downtime and I, I don't know what to do with myself. Right. And I can imagine a lot of people are feeling that way. And luckily, you know, Aaron is, you know, and myself, like, we're used to that, like working from home and we have lots of projects to keep us busy and, you know, building our store for our backpack and all that. I mean, there's an editing, like there's so many things that we can, you know, to do that. We're like, yes, all of this time, like, this is awesome. And it gets so much work done and we're used to that. But for other people are like, wow, like I don't even know what to do with myself. And I just said to her, I think it's such a great time to be like, when you when you wish that you would have had time, like what would you what would you do if you had this time? Like what kind of things have you wanted to do but you didn't have the time? Like just lay around for hours and read a book or go for a long walk and like listen to a podcast and grab lunch somewhere and sit outside or, you know, watch it watch T V all day. I don't know, like but like or work on a new project or, you know, what are the things that like you've been wanting to do that you haven't had the time to do and really look at it like look at this gift I've been given of this pause and this downtime in my life that I'm getting paid for. And how can I really maximize on this time? So when I leave here, I'm like, wow, that was, that was amazing. And I'm so glad that I took this time to work on X, Y, and Z, whatever for myself, you know? Wait, are you talking about COVID or the strike? The strike? (laughs) No, I know. I'm just, that's just been the topic of the theme of the year it really it really has but I think this just elevated it even more because it is more of a recluse quarantine-ish kind of thing that I've even been exposed to yeah because I think we're so used to being so busy in our daily life and we look at being busy as like this badge of honor and a lot of us feel uncomfortable when we're not busy and so when you've been given all of this time to like you know have some downtime of like okay like wow, what can I do just for myself that I normally wouldn't get to do and kind of settle into uh, the feeling of having the downtime, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But that's a big transition. You know, it's a transition for most people, you know? Especially, I mean, again, you're stuck in a hotel room. You're not like, you know, in your normal, in a normal circumstance. So it is a little different, but. No, absolutely. It is. Yeah, so I think that's pretty much it, eh? Yeah, no, I think we covered it. Um, I'm I'm sure there's endless amounts of, of rabbit holes we could dive down to, but I think in the most part we've covered week one um, of 
my time here in Chicago and being apart from Kim and hopefully, you know, there was a town hall meeting tonight. I don't know if I, if I said that at the beginning, if I did, I apologize, but, um, there's a town hall meeting that they're supposed to be discussing the strike and the kind of the negotiations of it in a way, I guess. So who knows what could come out tomorrow. Um, but that's been the theme of this. Everybody says, well, they could do this and then it's tomorrow or they could do this and it's Monday. And then, you know, so now I'm like, if, if we don't hear anything tomorrow, I really feel like we're just going to spend the time in the hotel room. That's, that's my thing. Yeah, well, who knows what can happen. Uh, follow along on the Instagram story, Kim and Aaron G, for daily updates from Aaron's couch in <laughs> Chicago. And we'll be back next week. I'm actually kind of excited to see where we're at next week. Like, ha- like, are we in the same place? Are you home? Are you working? Like, I'm just, yeah, we, let's, let's see where we're at next week. Yeah, absolutely. Alrighty, well, if you guys enjoyed this podcast, please share it out and definitely follow along on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this podcast. Just click that little follow button. Um, that way you get notified to any anytime we release a new episode. We release a new episode every Tuesday. We try to. Um, and we've done pretty well with that. So We've only missed one, bro. That is very true. So we release a new episode every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. I mean, even here we are in different cities figuring out a way through technology to get this bad boy out. That's right. We we try to show up every week. Yep. All righty. Well, babe, I am going to – this is weird because usually we just sign off the podcast and then we just go do our thing. But um, I'm signing off with you as well because I haven't had dinner yet. Oh, my gosh. It's 9 o'clock. Yeah. Okay. All right. Love you tons. Love you guys also. And we will see you next week. All right, babe. I'll text you before I go to bed. Love you. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye.